Hey friends, welcome to Real You Podcast. This is Mark. Uh, we're going to continue our series on walls and fences, and I, I hope they've been a blessing. I've, I've received a few emails about it, and uh, if these are blessings to you, that I'd appreciate it. you share them or share the information and enlighten others on the stuff that you've learned. Um, and by all means, it's open dialogue. Um, if there's, if you have different ideas, if you have other ideas or more insight, you know, let me know. That would be awesome. I'd like to share it. But we left off last time talking about a certain kind of wall, and um, we want to we want to tear down the walls. We want to learn how to build fences and get with that have gates that have safe boundaries. And we we talked about the idea that um, you know being vulnerable and transparent doesn't mean that you don't have a fence, you don't have no boundary. I mean that's not true vulnerability. Um, that's just stupidity. Letting people just march in and do and take that that. If that's what you fear, then you're listening. You don't really have all the information yet. I mean, a lot of people think um, to walk this, uh, the fullness of what the the, the Gospels say, um, you know, it's just to, to lay down, let people use you and abuse you and walk all over you, you know. Well, that exactly is not the truth. Um, you got to have healthy boundaries in your life, fences and um, gates and gates let me determine who's going to come in and out. We've already talked about that. Um, we left off last time talking about um, <clears throat> the idea of blindness uh, as one of the uh, issues of walls of of not growing forth and not letting people in. There's this issue of blindness, and Jesus talked to the Pharisees. A lot about their blindness, and obviously they weren't physically blind. In John five, I believe it says that that he told the Pharisees, "You chose not to believe me. You have you haven't believed the people we've sent. You haven't believed the prophets. You don't even believe the signs and wonders. You're so confused. It's like blindness um, to this level is really hard to overcome." Um. See, it's one thing to not know the truth or not know a, an element of truth. or I hate to say the truth. Um, a lot of people say truth is relevant, and a lot of people believe truth is absolute. Well, it's absolutely relevant. It's, it's both. There's absolute attributes that don't change, but you don't know them yet. And, and unless your truth is relevant, absolute doesn't matter. So it's absolutely relevant. And what I'm what I'm learning is that that for an example, when I started 30 years ago, I believed a certain thing. You couldn't have talked me out of it. No way in Hades, you could never talk me out of what I thought I knew about God and what I thought I knew about myself and about everybody else and about the church. But over the years, life and experience and wisdom and being mentored and hanging out with people and learning and listening and walking has helped me overcome or open my eyes to deeper truths, I want to say. Not that I reject the ones that I used to have, but I've enhanced them. And so the truth, you know, a lot of people say, well, the, the Word of God is absolute truth. Well, yeah, it is. But what you're really, honestly, come on, what you're really saying is my interpretation of what I'm reading right here is the absolute truth. And I agree with that. That is your absolute truth. But it's got to be absolutely relative. It can't be an archaic fact that keeps you. And it can't be an excuse 
from you growing on. And what you're going to find as you walk this walk, you're going to find that your theology changes, your perception changes, you begin to soften. Just time alone softens people. I was telling my wife the other day how um, it seems like when you get older, uh, physically older, um, you just sort of soften and you let things go because time necessarily doesn't heal all wounds. But age tends to have a tendency to do that because how much time you have left determines how much healing you're willing to accept. And sometimes life is, when your life gets, when you get older like me or even older, uh, life gets way shorter to hold a grudge or to not, it's just not worth it. And and it's it's pointless. And when, I don't know, just when you get older you realize it's just pointless. It's They're just points of view anyway. And uh, you ain't the only one that ever had your feelings hurt, and it won't be the last time. So, And you lived from it, so you might as well keep moving, forgive, and move on like Jesus said. But there's this area of blindness. Um, it's one thing to not see, but it's another thing to think that your perspective is the only perspective, and it is the absolute truth. I, I meet these people all the time. Um, I have family members that are just they i mean whatever the scripture says they take it at face value bless god that's what it that's what it is and you're not going to change your mind and that's fine with me but you know they're not really growing and influencing and moving and coming into new plateaus and new realms of the spirit they just say well you just walk and you don't have to feel nothing hear nothing know nothing see nothing observe nothing you just follow these rules and it all works out and some people are that kind of people some people are very relevant and relevant to the time, and some people are rules oriented and principle oriented and like that. But somehow you got to marry the both. Um, one thing I always tell about tell people about Jesus over the years that I've learned that principles were never more important than people. He would he would break the law to help a person. He healed on the Sabbath. He would uh, feed his disciples from the you know the showbread and he just he kept continually he would break a rule or a principle because people are more important than principles and when you're in the system and when you have this pharisaical um mindset or it's influenced your heart or it's laid its its doctrine for you for to, to dwell in the carnal mind realm what happens is you say in your heart, "Well, I'm gonna. I'd rather do God's will than to, than than man's will. Let God be true in every man." Those are your favorite scriptures. And the reality is, you wouldn't lay down your principles for the sake of helping someone, which is obviously more important. Jesus didn't die and come to lay a foundation of principles. He came and to establish a kingdom of caring and community. You see it like the parable. He says it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. All the parables, in a nutshell, pretty much relate to how you treat others. There was nothing about keeping the principles that that made you more approved or whatever. The the man that was by the wayside of Jericho, it says there came a priest and there came a Sadducee and they had to walk to the other side and they couldn't help the man even though they knew the man was bleeding and dying. And one reason is because he went from Jerusalem to Jericho. That in itself tells us that the guy was backsliding. 
All right. And he was on the way back to Jericho, which is the world, from Jerusalem, which is the church. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees would not so much give him a drink of water because their principles kept them from helping him because they knew basically because their principles he deserved everything he got and then i can't interfere he's just stupid and ignorant he shouldn't have went back to the world well you don't know what caused him to go back to jericho it's not your place to even determine it or judge it it's your place to help a brother in need and not asking for nothing in return and we just make it so complicated and it's so easy so there's a realm of blindness i know i'm rambling i'm sorry but there's a realm of blindness that is not knowing but there's another realm that i think jesus talked about to the pharisees he's he put a whole chapter on them in matthew 23 talking about blindness it's pretty rough you ought to read it we'll read it as, as these podcasts go on but it, there's another kind of blindness is where you choose your uh, absolute as if there's not anything there's nothing else God could show you there's nothing else about God that you could learn or know there's nothing you have at all and Jesus called those guys you are blind and my dad used to say all the time man that guy's so blind like we talk about referees we used to sit and watch football games all the time and together and I missed that and he would say boy that guy's so blind he he's blind in one eye and can't see out of the other and that's pretty blind and that's what Jesus is talking about here so let me recap here we, we talked about uh, this kind of wall called the closed mindedness of being blind and closed minded means a mind that is not ready to receive new ideas closed minded is related to narrow mindedness which means lacking tolerance or flexibility or breadth of view and sometimes we get locked into our own way of doing things and we don't realize that we're closed-minded about other things but what happens is this closed-mindedness becomes a lifestyle and a culture and event and a way of life and we get locked into it and we almost think that, that see the carnal mind wants to trick you that you're the only right person around Matter of fact, when you hear other opinions, you already determine that that person's lost their mind. So therefore, you are not open to other mindsets. Now, let me let me show you. Um, um, I wrote this down because I didn't want to mess it up for you. Let me show you what uh, open-mindedness means, and um, see if this is you. Closed-mindedness, not ready for new ideas. Um, has no breadth of view. <clears throat> um, open-mindedness means I am ready to entertain new ideas. I'm open-minded to partiality. I'm inclined to respect beliefs that differ from my own. Now let's bring it down to the real world. Um, what, what keeps us from creating an open mind? Because an open-mindedness is critical to technology advancement what if the person in technology today said this iPhone there will never be no other technology needed and this is it um, well obviously we know it grows so fast because by the time you get yours it's already out of date and, and the, the, the issue is 
It's because people were open-minded. Um, I love the story my bishop says, and I think it was like 1862 or something. There was a, a, a back then the bishops and the politicians used to meet together, and they were in Chicago, and they had a conference. And one of the one of those speakers got up and said um, that there was really no need for man to fly. It is the most unuseful adventure or quest ever and and a bishop out of the church stood up and said i wholeheartedly agree not only will there ever be a need for man to fly man will never fly and i agree there'll never be a use for it and they all cheered and clapped but that man's name was bishop wright and his two sons orville and wilbur i think it was 10 years later put the first man in flight for like six minutes was it or 60 seconds or something but they changed the landscape because they're willing to be open-minded and think of other ways and opportunities and see we get in problems in our life we get in relational problems we get in every problem in our life can be um i think it can be helped in a lot of ways by our ability to be open-mindedness open-mindedness now remember I don't mean I just swallow everything that comes my way. But it means I am ready to entertain new ideas. And so when you have relational conflict, sometimes the conflict becomes because you have your stance, the other person has their stance, and there's no understanding of points of view. And sometimes you just have to be open to new ideas, new ways of doing things, because your goal is to get the thing accomplished. The how you get that done is irrelevant, really. And that's not situational ethics. And that's not humanism. That's just common sense. We have bought this hook, line, and sinker that you have to do and do and do do all the do's and don't do all the don'ts. And then God will accept you. And only the good people go to heaven and all the bad people go to hell. And friends, let me tell you, that came straight out of Aristotle and it was adopted by the Pharisees, and it's been ingrained into our life our whole life. Do I agree with it in some in 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 functionality? That's probably true at some levels. But if you live by that rule, you're going to be judged by that rule. So if your life is all about principles, then principles will punish you eventually down the road. The very principles that you that you you know say can't be broken this is the stance i won't change that very thing will be the one that judges you you just watch and see so what we have to learn to do is be flexible open-minded means just means flexible just be open to new ideas i'm not saying you have to buy into it i'm not saying you have to agree with it I'm not even saying but see here's my idea and this is the idea that i got when i was doing this study i couldn't understand why people weren't open-minded and i guess really honestly i wasn't either 10 years ago, well, actually 11, 14 years ago, um, I was in an absolute realm where I thought I knew everything about the Spirit of God and how He moved, and this is what it looks like, and this is how you get it to going, and this is this is really the good, good stuff, and this is really... But I had no idea about the real life, about relationships, and, and raising families, and doing all this stuff. And so... Um, you know, I just like I majored on the minors and minored on the majors, and I just missed the boat. But I keep asking myself uh, the last couple of weeks, what what would keep a person from being up open-minded? 
why why is it so challenging to just be open to new ideas because honestly if you worked in the in the technology sector or the engineering sector or business sector world you would get paid more for your open-mindedness than your closed-mindedness a closed-minded person which would be a principal type person they would probably work well managing people and systems a manager is someone that has all these rules laid out and they come in and they enforce all the rules that works well that some people's personality is like that and uh, they work very well they don't like change they don't like they they they're very comfortable in the realm but there's other of people that are inventors that are open minded that are free thinkers that um are flexible in in their thought processes about how things should go. And so every event that comes in their life, they're trying to recalculate and reinvent, keeping the same principle at hand, but yet a different way to do it. And we tell people all the time, you know, God's holy and and his message and his integrity of it never changes but the method does now you got to understand the way we do church today as opposed to the way we did it even 30 years ago has changed that would have never happened without open-mindedness and see there's a whole generation behind us that don't think like us and honestly it's frustrating for our children because when we were children, we didn't like the way our parents think. We accepted it. We lived by their rules. We did whatever. But we, but I guess what I'm saying is you have to give people the flexibility to, to um, all you're looking for is the end result. <laughs> you know, you're looking for the end result. And so that's what I'm trying to figure out, how to get overcome blindness. And here's a couple of things that came to my mind. One reason that people aren't open-minded is because they're afraid of being deceived. Uh, Eleven years ago, I came into some amazing revelation, and but I had lost my fear of being deceived. I I wasn't afraid anymore. The devil's going to get me. I wasn't afraid if I, I I left a lot of the old belief systems and just laid them down and said, God, if if these are if these are true, then you're just going to have to kill me because I can't live up to these anymore. I just don't, I, there's no life in it. It's too hard to work and work and do and do and do. I'm not trying to do all the do's and don't all the don'ts. I'm trying to walk like a son of the Most High God. I'm trying to learn how to be and not do. And I do because I be. You see what I mean? So I, I think there's a huge issue. We'll go into this later. But there's a huge issue in people's hearts about being deceived, about being led astray, about false Christ and... There's a lot of scriptures in there, but if you take them wrong, you have to counterbalance this. You, you just, we have the spirit of truth within us and is no lie. And he has the, I just believe that God has the power to keep me in the truth, in the path. I'm not trying to be in the truth. I'm trying to be in the path. I'm not trying to be just a Christian. I'm trying to be a follower. And that's what the true essence of of uh, the true born again believers in Jesus' day, the people he discipled, they weren't called Christians. They weren't called truth people. They were called followers of the way, followers of the path. And so I'm I'm of this notion um, that I believe the Holy Spirit is strong enough that if I feed on some wrong material, wrong ideology, uh, eventually he'll bring me back into enlightenment. 
and I just had faith, and so that helped me with my open-mindedness. And the other issue about open-mindedness is uh, our culture, um, our culture subtly teaches us through our ideologies, through our church experiences. Now remember, the carnal mind, you it cannot survive without a belief system and a strong sense of being right. It cannot survive in that arena. That's why people have mental breakdowns when they can't fix stuff relationally or emotionally. They have mental breakdowns and they can't reconcile things because if anything shows them up to be wrong, then it, it, their their little belief system crumbles. But you know that's honestly that's okay. You got to realize that you're not the master of the universe anymore, and it's a good thing to come to a place and just yield and say, "God, I don't even know what I thought I knew what was right, so I'm just going to trust you in all things. I'm going to try to follow the Spirit." And when you think about our culture, our culture has a subtle message. It comes from the politicians. It comes from our schooling. It comes from our churches. It comes from the friendships. It comes from the people we hang with. And we all hang out with the like-minded people, so we keep reinforcing our belief systems. And one of them is, what I'm learning is, if you are labeled as an open-minded person, in our culture, you are perceived as a wishy-washy person. You are perceived in the church as a double-minded man, as a situational ethics kind of person. You don't really have any principles. You have no moral compass, no moral guides. You are weak. You are liberal. You have no faith. You are unstable. You are not trustworthy. And most of all, God forbid, you might be a sinful person because you don't have any backbone. And, And that's not it at all. I... I am desiring to be open-minded. And here's here's my challenge. Here's my exercise into entering the open-mindedness. And here it is. I don't like politics. I I don't um it's just my opinion. It's not gospel, it's not God. But I think it's part of the system of of the religion and the politics and the culture has all come together to form a night neat little shell which we hide our carnal false self in it makes us feel good and makes us feel right and so we the carnal mind can't survive without being right that that means someone else is wrong and number two it has to label everything and so open-mindedness is left and open-mindedness wants to kill babies and and open-mindedness um, is liberal, and open-mindedness has an agenda, and open—you mind- see what I mean? It's a subtle message. When the truth is, um, it, it's so—it's—it's. It's, uh, well, we can't even really talk about politics, can we? So, I just find a lot of it very, very, very ironic. Um, let's just leave it at that. But rest assured. When your belief system and your religion and your politics and your culture and all that gets wrapped up into one, you can be hidden within that. And you you, you are not right wing. You are a child of the Most High God. You are a kingdom person. 
You're a person that puts people above your principles, people above your religion, people above your politicians, people above your work. You know, that's the kingdom of God. And so uh, I think what limits people from desiring to be open-minded, and I'm going to leave you with this thought. I know I went a little longer today, but um, it's been a while. It's been on my, I've been chewing on this and waking up at night and thinking about it. I want to. I want to even. I'm, first of all, I want to become more open-minded, but yet be more. Um, I think what's happened is I become more open-minded, but came, but but became more assured of what I believe for me now in this moment. And here's my acid test. You can go on Facebook. Um, and this is what really got me going on this whole series. You can go on Facebook. And you can post any little thing that you know is going um, people are going to disagree with. Which, uh, let me remind you, it's my Facebook page, and uh, but it won't be long. Within the day, you'll have all these people that creep up on the page and they start spewing their opinion of whatever whatever you said. And I try not to be controversial. I try to challenge people to be more spiritual, more enlightened, more caring. But every once in a while, you know, I'm, I get in my human side and I just, you know, want to share a thought. And, and people will post on my Facebook um, all of their opinions and all of their whatever. But my my problem with this is while I I certainly am open to their point of view and most times see most of it. And I understand where they come from, and I understand where they get it. My desire is they they get this information on their own study and their own digging out. I fear that people's opinions of life and and all this comes from other people, and they don't seek it out themselves. Just like the people in the church take everything that's taught them and never seek it out themselves and never make it their own. But my my issue with the closed-mindedness is a closed-minded person will quickly tell me where I'm wrong and quickly tell me their opinion with passion and zeal and fervor. But they will never allow me to share my point of view. A closed-minded person never really truly comes to say, well, I see your point. I see where you're coming from. I disagree. I still love you. We're going to have to agree to disagree. That's 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 what's lacking in our world today. This that's why our country's going down the tubes is because the the congressmen, one from the left and one from the right, and you know it just reminds me of the good tree and the evil tree, the good and evil, and they both grew on the same tree and they couldn't get along, and there was nothing but death in it because they couldn't work together. They couldn't even agree to disagree. They disassociate themselves as. You know, the right-wingers are one thing, the left-wingers are another. But we do the same thing in our culture. And so today I just want to leave you with the thought that an exercise in open-mindedness. Be willing to see another's point of view without fear of being deceived. Without, Like some people think if I have a gay friend, they almost tend to... Now, they don't say this, but they tend to think... Oh my God, I don't want the gayness to rub off on me. <laughs> Which is the dumbest thing I ever heard. But it's not as dumb as it, 
now as it used to be I used to think that way I used to keep my children from these people I'm not even lying one bit because I was afraid it would influence them but now I know so I'm enlightened a little bit and so and you know um, a lot of people are about you know they bash the Muslims but they don't know one never met one and uh, many of them are my good friends I'm not afraid of being Muslim it's made me better made me a better believer by knowing Muslims and learning their culture a lot of people bash gays and and they don't know any of them they've never met them they've never asked them why they're that way they've never observed their life they don't know and it's just disappointing that all we tend to do is keep propping up our sense of self-rightness you know we're right we're right we're right and uh, I'm just I want to come to a place of open-mindedness and that doesn't mean that I changed my opinion of who I am and it doesn't mean that I changed my belief but I'm open to it but the re- what it really means what's going to happen for you is your problems going to get a lot smaller you're going to be more, more open as far as expanded. You're going to learn a lot more about God. And you're going to learn more about what yourself and more about um, God than you ever dreamed in your life. So I hope you take this with a grain of salt. I didn't mean it um, as a challenge, but it is challenging our culture to be open-mindedness. And we, we know the challenge set before us. But it is a wall that I'm refusing to live behind. And I am willing to receive other people's opinions and criticisms and insight and help and concern. Um, And I hope that you do the same. All right. um, God bless. And we'll just keep tracking with this. If you're willing, that'd be awesome. Bye-bye.